Welcome to our Brewers season preview here on Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. We did a Brewers season recap after last season. Went an hour, probably a little longer than an hour actually to talk all things Brewers and how that season went down. We needed a little time after their loss to the Braves in the postseason, but we made it. We got it done. And here we are just days before opening day. It's quite a ways away from the home opener yet. On 414 Milwaukee Day, 414 Central Time first pitch, 414 Upper Deck tickets, completely sold out from American Family Field. But I'm Jordan Lorenz, joined with Drew Skyberg. Drew, spring training is here in the Brewers season right around the corner. Yeah, it's safe to say I think we are all recovered from last year's tragic playoff loss. You know, it's new season coming around, new opportunity, right? Hope for Milwaukee fans to maybe make that World Series appearance first time hopefully since 1982. I mean, we're hoping that we can see this finally. You know, we we saw other teams have success in Wisconsin recently and and we need we need the Brewers to, you know, keep that going. And we certainly do and that I the loss last year wasn't as bad to me cuz we lost to the team that won the World Series. So that was the only little bit yeah. that made it just a bit better for me cuz if you're going to lose at least lose to a good team, and the Brewers did just that. So let's talk about what happened since then in the offseason. Obviously, we know the Devin Williams injury. It certainly didn't help the crew, but Josh Hader, actually, just a few days ago, he signed a one-year deal. So Josh Hader is back with the Brewers. Were you surprised to see that we're keeping him around, or at this point, he's with us for a while? Well, he was arbitration eligible. So, I mean, they were they were, they were right now Brewers still have control of him. So... You know, no surprise there, him coming back. Um, arbitration, you know, he well-deserved. And thankfully, they didn't have to go to arbitration. But uh, one guy, you know, who they might have to right now is going to be Adrian Hauser. Uh, they're not – there's no agreement right now. As of you know, March 23rd, when we're recording this, there's, you know, a roughly $400,000 to $500,000 difference between the two parties. So That is not good. Hopefully, we can see it get settled because the worst, worst thing right now that could happen is have these – you know, have these financial, you know, disagreements go and linger into the regular season because that's that doesn't help anyone. So um, other than that, I think, you know, everyone who has arbitration eligible, you know, they got they got a nice raise. I'll talk about it quickly or when, when I get we'll get it up. But yeah, I mean, Hauser is the yes, only look, one that hasn't. We'll stay on the pitchers here to start off. I was going to talk about Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, but we'll stay with the pitchers right now. Corbin Burns. Reigning Cy Young winner, the man had an absolutely huge season. He didn't give up a walk until a big, good chunk into the season. His ratio was just unbelievable. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. That's that one, two, three combo. And then the Brewers have some other aces up their sleeve as well. So they'll probably, do you think this season, especially with it starting later, do you think we'll see a six-man rotation for a good chunk of the year? Hmm. I'm going to say I don't think so. You know, you would think Aaron Aspies worked out as a starter too, but Brad Anderson being gone, I mean, he's the only reason this kind of worked. I mean, it only happened because you'd go like three or four innings. So you'd be, I think we're going to see like, you know, five starters and then um, five guys and then like that's six. So maybe a six man rotation, but like two guys are going to kind of split the workload because Aaron Ashby gives you so much versatility here. I think, you know, having him, potentially you know stretch out maybe as that starter but at the same time Hauser Lauer you know those guys are they're ready to go the five six innings I think but you know when you have Aaron Ashby he kind of operates maybe as a six starter but I think they're gonna more use him in leverage situations kind of like a lefty specialist 
is might be what we see there. But uh, like I said, uh, yeah, not for the arbitration stuff, nine out of 10 players didn't even have to go to arbitration being Hauser being the only one. And overall, I believe those nine players now are making um, a combined 48 million is, wow. is what I, what I believe. So that's still a steal. And that's, those are your, that's your young talent, you know, so that's your, the Freddie Peraltas, the Woodruff, um, Burns, those guys all settled with their that's agreements. That's baseball they all got for nice. you, where you get all these guys for steals. Well, yeah. And then what free agency, they're going to get paid and the, the money's all guaranteed here as well. So that, that's why you, they can do this. Cause that's how, that's how baseball rolls. But um, thankfully I just think extensions need to be coming. Hopefully this year during the year, we can see them. We can kind of see extensions take place because that's going to be something we need. I think from this Brewers squad, you know, from the front office as well. Certainly don't think we can keep all three of them, but if we can and we can work something out, then that would definitely be the way to go. Aaron Ashby, I wanted to stumble on him back for a second because he started the year. I mean, his first ever appearance was that unforgettable Cubs game. Gives up seven or eight runs right away. Brewers come back to win that game. That was He didn't even make it through his first inning. And then we saw him. He got another start against the Cubs a little bit later on. And then we saw him come out of the bullpen. And he was kind of that middle reliever role, that fifth, sixth, seventh inning, somewhere around there. Do you expect him to do the same thing this year? Or maybe he starts a game or two where they need him, and then he comes out of the bullpen? Because I feel like a lot of people right now are most concerned about that middle relieving innings you know if Woodruff goes five or six innings and then we need someone to fill seven eight before we get to the end what do you think for that Ashby what is he going to do this year and then that middle reliever role how are are you worried about it or you think we're going to be just fine because not every game we're going to get Burns to go eight we're not going to get Woodruff to go six every time either and then you know Peralta could stumble and only go four or three so just overall your thoughts on all that yeah, I think you're bringing Brad, Brad Boxberger back, I think, for exactly, you know, a middle relief role. Give some relief there um, as well. Uh, Miguel Sanchez, I think he's, you know, a guy who impressed some people. You know, it's quality stretches last year. I think we're going to see him on the big league roster. Devin Williams, of course, Josh Hader, right? These guys are all going to be middle relievers. But then, I mean, you lost some guys, right? So, um, you know, Handel Gustave, I think he's going to be the guy who's going to have to step up again. Uh, they you saw him sign Trevor Gott uh, from the Giants, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, maybe he, who knows if he makes the roster. Alec Bettinger, uh, we saw him start that game against the Dodgers. Uh, oh, tough, yeah. tough memory for for Bettinger, but you know, th- there's a lot of guys. You know, it depends on how the springs how their springs going, and yeah, like I said, we're recording this March 23rd, so we don't have a lot of data to look at yet. But I think you know these guys are going to be people will see. JC Mejia is also another one. Uh, Hobie Milner, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I, I just it was tough to watch him. Justin Topa, do you remember him in the 2020 season, the shortened season? Yeah, and then we hurt. wondered last year when we were going to get him back, and then all of a sudden it was nothing. We got him back, and he played or in the minors was terrible. So yeah. hopefully, you know, this extended time gave him some you know time to get better. A uh, Brent Suter, that's another one. I mean, he's going to be really that guy who love him. With Ashby, the, the, my one concern with doing this six starter, you know, you're bringing two lefties, right? The, arguably, it's going to be how the way that would work, although if you'd use them. Otherwise, you know, Hauser piggybacks maybe with Suter. I mean, we've seen Council do this, you know, a multitude of times. So, I don't know. I, I think the pitching situation is as good as last year, if not better. So, I think, I think having Ashby with more experience now, I think that's really what makes this, you know, Awesome, you know, great for me. And plus, remember the second half that Lauer and Hauser had? They were better than the first three, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> I was never the biggest fan of them to begin with, but they really showed out. 
So yeah, I think pitching is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be the strongest of this team. Yeah. Yet another year, you know, imagine I was saying this 10 years ago, nine years ago when the team was hitting 230 home runs a year as a team, you know, one of the top offensive teams in the NL, you know, and, and now we're seeing, you know, and they were the never, yeah, it was like, they were like 20 something in pitching baseball. And now we're seeing the, the exact opposite of flip 180 here, but yeah, let's talk, you know, talks about some of the, you know, position players we got coming yes. back. Yes. I guess indeed. Let's talk first though. Let's talk about someone we added a position player, Hunter Renfro. Welcome to the Milwaukee Brewers. He's going to be batting kind of in that cleanup spot, maybe a little DH as well. We've seen him back cleanup quite a few times so far in spring training. We got him for Jackie Bradley Jr. He is gone. No longer a brewer. Everyone obviously happy about that. And then we gave up some top 30 prospects, including David Hamilton and Alex Benellas. Those two are gone along with JBJ. Hunter Renfro is here with the Brewers. And I mean, he's going to play in the outfield. He could play some DH as well, but Drew, this is a great, great pickup for the Brewers. Yeah, getting a right-handed hitter who, you know, at, at a hitter-friendly ballpark like American Family Field. I mean, this is what the Brewers wanted. Um, if you remember last year, hitting lefties was a struggle, and they got two guys to kind of alleviate maybe that struggle. I Because, you know, with Telez, Yelich, Narvaez, you know, th- those guys who, who struggled against left-handed pitching. I mean, it was noticeable um and now i think you know having these guys to maybe you know alleviate that and kind of make the team more balanced i think that's exactly what you know president of baseball operations david stearns and uh, matt arnold you know gm wanted and they got that so i like the renfro trade i mean we talked about it on the show even when we saw it in december i think he's gonna hit well at american family field he's also got you know a cannon in right i mean he's as gold level gold glove level defense in past years so We'll have to wait and see, right, with him. But the other side. Someone else else we have to wait and see, Andrew McCutcheon. So this is interesting because he's old, right? 35 years old. He's getting out there. Obviously, everyone's going to remember him from his pirate days back when he was just an absolute stud on the Pittsburgh team. Then he went to the Phillies. And last season in 144 games, he had a 222 average. But he had 27 home runs. And I was shocked to see that he had that many home runs and you know, overall, 3.1 war, they said he had last year, which is not bad. And, I mean, we could certainly use the power with 27 home runs. But at 35 years old, obviously his prime has passed him at this stage in his career. But overall, Andrew McCutcheon, Drew, it's not a bad signing for the Brewers, but it's one that I, it's going to take a while to get used to because we really don't know what we're going to get with this guy. We don't. And projections have him, you know, arguably having a better year offensively than he did this past year. Um, They got him, you know, I'm looking at, looking at some stats, you know, only 22 home runs compared to, you know, 27, but average up OPS up. So arguably they're playing into consideration the ballpark he's, he's moving to, I mean, uh, Oracle, you know, where, where we see the um, giants play not as ideal as American family field, but I mean, he's been, I mean, he was only had three, three plate appearances right now in spring training. He's so, not not really a lot of you know data we can look at right now for that, but interesting you know how the universal DH now makes him a, a de- one of the top thirty designated hitters, which he, he is, and you know oh, yeah. the the universal DH adds another aspect here, and you know he's been proven. I mean for the Brewers, one hundred forty four games last year from you know, and I yeah he was with the Phillies last year, my bad, but he he did play with 
you know, that's still durability too, because I mean, you look at a guy like Lorenzo Cain who seems to get hurt once in a while. McCutcheon can go in and fill that spot. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a, a selling point. Yeah, he's in San Francisco in 2018. So my bet, I meant you know, Citizens Bank Park still is you know a tougher place to hit in some aspects. So I still think you know my my point lives on with um, that. But I I liked the signing. I think you know having a guy for him who can you know play that DH role because right now Mike Brosseau. Um, the guy we got from the Rays, I think we might see him against a you know quality left-handed starter. You might see Tales sit. We might see uh, Brousseau, you know, stop, hop in and play first, and then kind of see you know Rowdy on the bench, and then McCutcheon. Yeah, I think I think McCutcheon's right now is going to be the everyday DH. But if that backfires, right? If he's batting you know one nineties, I, I I don't know what you do because again, it's only a one year deal. But I. Maybe you move one of those outfielders because right now we have a surplus, as you know, a surplus of outfielders. So which is um, never a problem. We never and which going back to last year when we talked about it, KBJ, we were like, oh my goodness. I I mean, granted, it was still bad signing. We were right, but but there was we saw outfielders get hurt right away. Kane was hurt a bunch. Yelich got hurt a little bit there. Taylor was hurt a little bit. Right? There's a lot of people who got hurt, and that's where those guys stepped up, and that kind of made this team a winner. So. Have to wait and see though with McCutcheon as well. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about it, but it's not the worst thing at the end of the year. It's just a one year deal. Let's talk about the position players. First base, we're going to start there. We're not going to go through every single one, but first base for the Brewers has been just back and forth, back and forth for a while. Keston here, he's been getting a lot of hits at, well, at bats, I guess I should say, at spring trading. So we don't know what we're getting from here quite yet. Then we've got Vogelbach, Telez, and Brousseau, who you've kind of threw in there as well. I mean, what in the world? Are we doing a first base this year? Vogelbach signed with the Pirates, so he's out of the question. Okay. Brousseau, I was and um, well, it's been a while last few weeks. I mean, there's no, you know, there's so hard to keep up. I'm looking yeah. at the Bruce 40 man roster online and I didn't see him, but I didn't really know. So Brousseau yeah. is kind of the replacement. Brousseau is going to be the replacement, but but you you threw an excellent name that I want to mention later here. Keston here, he's been raking. I think he might be the guy. Which and he he his strong suit, which is weird, you know, being a right-handed batter, he thrives against right-handed pitching. But that was in 2019, and he hasn't been the same the last few years. But I do think the potential we have here um, for you know maybe we see McCutcheon struggle, maybe we see an injury, right? I think Keston Hira could step in as that everyday DH. I wouldn't be surprised. And it's a lot that. less pressure on him as well. I think defense. Come on, come on, Keston Hira def- as a defender, he he, it's been rough. I think. And if he plays well enough offensively again, because DH, you know, I mean, you're just hitting. So we need we need to see Keston here have the offensive production to maybe make him valuable there because his defense has no value. I mean, Colton Wong compared, you know, Colton Wong is running circles around Keston here defensively. So I, I think that's just something to, you know, look at. But and they got their platoon guy also. I mean, I know we'll talk catcher too as well, but like Pedro Severino is going to be a great you know, pinch hitter even, I think it's left-handed pitching. He's going to be kind of like that guy, maybe first off the bench even, to hit lefties. So Let's talk about the rest then of the infield. I think it's basically a lock, right? Colton Wong will be at second, Adamas at short, and then third, Urias, and kind of who else do you think will fill in for third? Urias won the job every day. I mean, he's, yeah. he's been okay. impressive. He had a great year offensively last year. Uh, batted ball data, you know, looking through the stat cast numbers, you know, speak for him. I think he's just going to be – Great player, you know. Next year, I, I think even 
you know, going fantasy wise, talking fantasy baseball, I think, you know, he might be a sleeper guy for, for some teams because third base been third base being a weak position, you know, this year and all baseball, I think he's going to be one guy who stands out. Certainly could. And I mean, keep those errors down and then he's good to go. I mean, he's a stud at the plate as well. So moving back to the outfield before we move back up fraud right now, list Lorenzo Kane, which obviously we know him, Yelich and Hunter Renfro. Those will be the three guys in the outfield. Most of the time you assume. Yeah. Right. You, and yeah, you got it right. You said Renfro, yeah. you said Yelich, you said Kane. Yep. And then you kind of have those other guys to fill in as well. Tyrone Taylor, he's still with the crew, Corey Ray, kind of a high level triple a player. He can fill in when needed, and then obviously we still have McCutcheon. But for outfield depth, I think that's pretty good. I can't really argue with a lot of those names. Yeah, um, I you know Lorenzo Cain's last year of his contract. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna say like if he plays because he. I mean he's been on the decline, which at his age is expected. I'm not against them trading him. I don't know if you trade him. I don't, I don't know what team would want. You know, maybe him. I mean, Brewers. I'm cool with keeping a leader like him as on a contender, but. Um, I, you might see Taylor sneak in there more this year, even if Kane is healthy, which I know Kane's defense is still there. You know, we, we still see him make Boy. those gold glove plays. But I think just offensively, like Kane now, we, we saw him as a leadoff hitter his first few years here in Milwaukee, but now he's, you know, a six, seven hitter. He's not a leadoff hitter anymore. And he's still playing for his defense. But at the end of the day, I mean, Taylor's proven, I mean, he, he proved himself offensively last year. And that was a stride that we, we needed to see from him. If he keeps that up, I mean, you know, and Kate's going to have some sort of injury issue. That's just how it is. Some, you know, it might be Has a few be, days, yeah. might be a week, might be a month, but I tell her what is, he'll get at bats. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, 300, 400 at bats, at least for a guy like Tyrone Taylor, which is solid. And I mean, I would, I'm hoping we can get that, that kind of output for Tyrone Taylor. So then we look back to the catchers. We kind of hinted at this one a little bit as well. Omar Narvaez, we obviously have, he'll be the main one. And then, Backing up, Feliciano has been getting a lot of at-bats down at spring training. I don't know if they're going to keep him at AAA for the most part, but Severino, you think he's going to be the backup to Narvaez? We've seen, okay, twenty-eight. there's 28-man rosters till May 1st. So yep. we're ta- if we're talking opening day roster, right? Uh, we've seen the Brewers, they, they have a history of going three catchers. And I'm not yes. saying, you know, we'll, we'll see that. But right now, uh, Mario Feliciano, he's in the top 30 prospects. Um we could potentially see him make the opening day roster. They might go with the with the older Brett Sullivan. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see Brewers go three catchers on opening day. I don't really think Sullivan should be in the conversation, but he could be. I mean, I saw Feliciano when I went to spring training, and he looked good. He could hit. He could catch, certainly. So him, Severino, and Narvaez, I like that trio as catchers. Manny Pena leaving hurts. I mean, but yes, it again, does. He got, he got arguably almost starter money. I know even though he's a backup, I mean, he's – getting four million a year from a team as a him. catcher for his defense, which offensively he wasn't much, but I, I, yeah, he got, he got a good deal. I mean, for him must've, you know, stat cast all the advanced stats must've really helped his, his, you know, case out because he got a nice deal for being, you know, a backup catcher. All right. So I think right now what we're going to do April 7th in Chicago opening day, what are we thinking for our lineup? I think it's pretty straightforward besides the pitcher and you might disagree with me, but Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff certainly has to be the only discussion. I know Burns just won the Cy Young, but I still think Hugo Woody is the opening day starter. I'm so glad you said that. I, Brandon, Brandon Woodruff fan, absolute workhorse, right? I, oh, yeah. I think 
Oh, I, I don't know how Burns would. I, those guys got to be cool with it. I, I'd say I, I like yeah. I like Woodruff starting that opening. This has day. been Woodruff's team for the last few years, and Burns yeah, had a and, great year. But yeah, and it's like okay, well, I mean, you're not, but arguably, you know, you're not going to get an extra, you know, like five starts a year, you know, starting him an extra yeah, game no. day at early. I think because either way, one of them is going to miss out starts, and and Burns, I don't know how much like inning wise, if you want to kind of restrict, you know. Because Woodruff, Woodruff's going to give you 200, 220 innings at least. I mean, I, I, I think that's a given with him, just as an absolute workhorse. So, I'll Unless say, some crazy injury happens all of a sudden, which it's, he's proven him, doesn't really happen been, with him. Exactly. That's going to help him out, you know, maybe even extension, you know, which for a pitcher. But uh, I think those guys are going to – yeah, I, I like the Woodruff opening day. And you want to name – I think leadoff hitter Colton Wong is a given. Yes, I was going to try and we can guess the lineup a little bit here. So let's go. Just first of all, let's do. So we've got Woodruff pitching. Obviously, Narvaez will be catching. Who's going to be the starting day first baseman? Telez. He, he's got the job. Rowdy's going to stay there. I was going to say there's a chance Keston could, but I highly, highly doubt it at this point in time. So Telez there. Colton Long at second. Willie Adamas is short. Urias at third. And then our outfielders are going to be Kane, Yelich, and Renfro. So the lineup then. Colton Long will lead off. And then second, do you put Christian Yelich? Uh yeah, why not? No, I think you put him Stroman. So Marcus Stroman I, is the probable, I'm gonna say, probable starter for the Cubs opening day. Okay. So take that in consideration, right-handed batter, I a right-handed hit right-handed pitcher. Uh you're gonna see a left-hander like left-handed hitter like Yelich at second. Yes. So we put Yelich at second and then third. Is where it gets a little tricky. Do you maybe throw Rowdy at third and then Renfro fourth? Mm, they're going to probably put Rowdy fifth. I mean, that's where they've used. They move Rowdy as well. So, so then third, that's maybe right. maybe Adamas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, they might go. They might. There's no way they might flip for matchups instead of going Wong and then Yelich second. They might go Yelich first or not Yelich first. Wong first, and then yep. they're going to go Adamas second, Yelich third. Adamas and Yelich. And then the flip flop that they're going to put Remfro fourth. They're going to yep. put then. Okay, the line's making itself now. Then they're yes, going to put um, who are they going to put fifth? Rowdy, Rowdy fifth. fifth. Then they're going to put Urias. Um, ooh, yeah, this lineup's good. I mean, there's a reason this team, which we'll talk about, is projected with 93 games. I mean, this yes. is a solid. They could win 100. Line. Yeah, in the division, which I'm, I'm excited to talk about, but. Um, the bottom really gets fuzzy there. Omar Narvaez, where do you bet him? I mean, they're yeah. all... Where are you going to put him, eighth? Uh, I think you put Kane eighth. Um, and then who's ninth? Uh, ooh, you're right. I, I don't... Because now... Maybe you put Kane ninth, I guess. Cause I think then... you put Kane ninth. Sorry, I forgot about the universe of the age for a second. Um, yes. McCutcheon seventh or eighth, but again, him being designated hitter. Uh, they might move yeah. Telez down. I mean, Telez might be the victim here, and that's that. It's a might bummer, be. but he's. I mean, I guess there's really nothing wrong with batting ninth now that we have yeah. Universal DH. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I guess we we can say the top five of the lineup, you know, makes itself. It's pretty much a lot. But yeah. when when you get to Urias, I I think that's where questions. You know, you don't know where they're gonna put him because I would be mm-hmm. okay with having him. You go, you could go put Telez fifth. You put Urias sixth, Narvaez seventh, and I think you put. McCutcheon I feel like that eighth. bottom half could change every day. And that's that's the beauty of this lineup. I mean, so exactly. versatile, and I think there's a lot of ways you could go about it with this team. But Jordan, you want to talk a little bit about the standings here because the NL Central is weak. Yes, we will indeed talk about it. So let's talk schedule real quick before we get to the projection. The Cubs is the Brewers' opening day matchup. That'll be a one twenty Central Time 
Thursday, April 7th. So this episode is, I mean, we're getting close. It's about a week away from opening day. We are getting there, ladies and gentlemen. Finally getting our bit of baseball. The Brewers will be in Chicago. Then they'll be at Baltimore, and it'll be the Orioles' home opener on the 11th, 2.05 Central Time start for that game. Before the Brewers come home, their home opener, a day before Jackie Robinson Day, April 14th, 4.14 start. And after that, they host the Pirates, and then they go to Philadelphia, and then they play one game against the Giants on the 25th. They host them for one game before they go to Pittsburgh, and that basically rounds off the month. It's an interesting first month of baseball, and other than that, we look ahead to a few key matchups. The Braves come to town, looking at May 16th, 17th, and 18th. They host Atlanta. They play them earlier in the month at well, but getting to host them is a lot better off. And they have a big road trip at the end of the month, and including a three-game stretch in San Diego. Then they go to St. Louis and Chicago before they host San Diego. Other than that, three-game series against the Mets. So who knows if we could see Jacob deGrom in that series. We're not sure what will be up with deGrom this year. And if he can rebound from last year, then we get into July. Just a two-game series against the Twins and a four-game against the Giants before the All-Star break. After that, it starts hosting the Rockies, then just a two-game series against the Twins, the Red Sox. After that, which could get interesting, and speaking of interesting, a four-game series against the Dodgers, August 15th through the 18th, then a series against the Cubs, followed by another three-game series at L.A. against the Dodgers, and then some divisional games before they round things off. A few doubleheaders thrown in the month of September, and then you got your schedule. They host the Mets again late in the month. They also host the Yankees, which is a big thing in September 16th, 17th, and 18th. But that's a look at it. The Diamondbacks are the last series for the Brewers. So that's a mighty fine way to end the year with the Marlins and Diamondbacks. But now that the schedule has come and gone, there's a lot more, obviously, too, in their projections. I mean, this is the Brewers division to lose this year. There is no way, in my opinion, they don't win this. Yeah. Um, when the red, I mean, your division helps you out when they get significantly weaker, right? Cincinnati trades, you know, everyone except Votto uh, yeah. and Jonathan India. I, I think, you know, um, them getting rid of, you know, Winker helps out because he, he was, you know, he was a pain for the Brewers. Uh, Castiano signed to the Phillies. Yep. Oh, that my goodness. Big one. This helps out. And I know we're seeing next year, though, that this won't help out as much that your division getting weaker because, as we talked about, you're going to be playing more opponents from, you know, other leagues, other teams. Everyone. Everyone's going to have a series, you know, against each other. So it's going to be straight to schedule. You know, we'll we'll still, you know, play. You'll still play your division more, but it'll be less than the 18 games, you know, per each opponent. But good news for Brewers right now this year because that's not in place. Reds, you know, Reds are looking, you know, under 500 for sure. Uh, they traded their pitch, you know, Sonny Gray as well is gone. Be, and yeah. there's going to be some other guys we're going to see traded. Luis Castillo's got to be out soon. I don't know what you do with Votto, but Cubs, you know, they, they sign, they signed some guys. They signed Stroman. They signed Suzuki from, uh, from Japan, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they, Brian Reynolds is going to be traded soon. Their star, you know, their star player. Other than that, I mean, they didn't really sign much. I mean, they're still rebuilding. They haven't been great for years. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, right? I mean, this is the team that you're like, oh my goodness, you know, they just had that hot win streak. What are they going to do this year? I don't think they're going to do much. I think, you know, no. um, right now projections have them winning 80 games. So that's still under 500. Um, I, I think 
what hurts them, you know, offensively, you know, they still have, I mean, they've Arnado, they have Goldschmidt, but you know, this team, I, I just, they're pitching. They're certainly a 500 team, but I don't know how much above that they can get. Exactly. And I, I don't know, you know, you can say playing over their heads. Look, look what they got from Wainwright last year. There's no way they get that from him this year. I, I think this team, you know, played a little over their heads and September, I think the projections, they they recognize that. So I think, you know, giving them 80 something games, I think at most they can sneak in with that last wildcard spot. And then I'll give them at most. And the reason why is because, um, you know, they could get hot, but otherwise there's a lot of good teams, you know, in the other divisions, which I mean, we don't really have to mention here. Brief, we can briefly here, but like Atlanta, you know, the Mets, Phillies made a lot of signings and that's just the NL East. And then you still the have Phillies could be dangerous this year. Yeah. And what you still have LA, then San Diego and San Francisco. I think so you have arguably think about know, how many spots that is right there. Yeah. You have three, five, you know, eight teams and there's only six teams that make the playoffs. So let's see. Um, other than that, I mean, I think they got the Rockies, you know, being the worst team in the NL um, or second, second worst, my bad. They still have Pittsburgh being the worst, which makes sense. But that does indeed make sense. Yeah. Pittsburgh um, has our number from time to time, though. They'll win a series or two. I'll give you the Brewers their odds to make the playoffs. 93%. That is um, high. Odds to win the World Series. 8%. So they That's are, bad. as of right now, the third highest team in the NL to win the World Series. So. I mean, we'll, we'll take that, right? I, I you guess. know, I think the big thing, though, is what are we going to get out of our pitchers this year? Because I don't expect Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta to be all just absolute insane number-wise like they were last year. Burns is not going to have another Cy Young year. He could, but I think Woodruff will be the top guy pitching, as he usually has been. And Peralta could even overtake Burns. It's just really going to be a matter of who's stepping up at the right times, but... We got a lot out of them last year. I don't think they'll be as good, but there's no way they get significantly worse than what they were. So, like, even if they were a little bit worse, that's still better than a lot of other starters. I think Woodruff, you know, could maybe, which which you're right, you know, regression could happen, right? I mean, that's that could happen in baseball, but I think some of these guys get better, which might sound insane. I think Ashby, I think he gets better. Oh yeah, the lower that's... guys certainly can get a lot better. Um. Woodruff, I mean, we saw him struggle a little in the second half. I mean, his numbers went up. Like, his ERA was under two for majority of the year. Possibly, you know, we could see him, I think, which which might sound crazy. I think he could have better than last year. Uh, mm-hmm. with, just based on, you know, how his performance has been. His velo has been just fine. Burns, um, I mean, how does he get better than last year, right? How, how does he yeah, put up I don't think better he does. numbers? Maybe he puts up similar. I think similar numbers is going to be the word to use there, like comparable numbers, but certainly not maybe better, but Peralta, um, everyone sleeps on the guy. He's so oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a solid, he's solid starter. I mean, I mean, as a third starter is a gift. And I think he's going to you know put up put up great numbers. We saw him struggle in the second half as well. Yeah. Uh, some starts here against the Cardinals, I remember. But... I actually think it'll be the opposite this year, where I think some pitchers are going to struggle to start the year just because of how everything's bad and then the limited spring training and camps and stuff like that. That's what I think, at least, is it's going to take these pitchers a little bit longer to get going. Yeah, and some of these guys were, you know, working off the field. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. you, you you know Brandon Woodruff was, right? I mean, yeah, they're not sitting guy, around at home eating a bag of chips. Yeah, I think he's gonna be, you know, he's he's one of my favorite, you know, players in baseball and for the Brewers as well. So I'm hoping the bullpen though, like that's my concern. That's is, the only what, thing. What, and the bullpens, you know, like they have the they have the pieces. I mean, these guys have bred pro have proven. I want to see a Topa. If, if we can get a solid middle relief role to him, that's a game changer for this team. Uh Brent Suter. I think you know what you'll get. You get an ERA around four, maybe a little under. 
and you're gonna you know get 80 to 100 innings out of them, right? I, I and think hopefully that's... they don't put him in that extra inning slot anymore because that really screwed him over. Oh, yeah, no, he, it's nothing against him. I just I don't want him pitching in the high leverage situations. That's no. where you save Aaron Ashby. You know, yes. maybe if you want, maybe Devin Williams. Now that you have him back, because he you know, and even Boxberger can throw. You can throw him in the tenth inning as well if you need to. I'm not a big Boxberger fan. Oh, the second half, then yeah, second half of the season. You know, hurt a lot of people when Boxberger stepped in. It was really rough for him, especially those last few months. But yeah, Adrian Hauser. I hope he comes back. You know, after he had the tough postseason. I mean, he served up, I believe, both home runs to Jack Peterson. So that was kind of yes. Not, you know, and obviously it wasn't all just his fault, team sport, but uh, hopefully, you know, he comes back, you know, hungry, right? And I, I think he's a guy who we could see have a big year. He's had a big spring already, and they're showing pitching, you know, pitching ninja shows some uh, Twitter videos of pitches. He's got the slider working right now, let's say, you know, in him for the sinker, um, being a sinker ball pitcher, I think he's going to be, he's going to be a guy to look out for as well. I also saw Josh Hader is working on a new pitch. And I don't know if you saw that, but that is very scary. Yeah, Hater's going to be just fine. I mean, top reliever in baseball. There's a reason he's making $11 million, and that's what the Brewers agreed on with him. And he's going to blow a game or two, and it's going to be okay. I love I, that. That's the beauty, you know, of baseball, right? You can you can blow a game, you can blow a game or two, but you play 162 at the end of the day. You don't move yes. on. I, I think short term memory is what makes baseball so great, right? I mean, 16 game or 17 game football season, my bad, you know, you make one play, you, you miss a winning, you know, touchdown, you drop it. That means a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, there's no short-term memory there, there. there. There's no short-term memory there, but you know, baseball, you know, we move on tomorrow. You know, we got another yeah. game tomorrow, right? Exactly. That was game 82. It was your second loss of the year. Oh, well, we're fine. Exactly. So I don't know. I Brewers right now, they have them at 93, 93 in like 93.2 and 68.8 is what they have. So they give the partials so we could do, you know, with that, I think, I think Bruce could go over that easily. I mean, based on the division they're in, I think, I think it's see, a hundred win year for him. That'd be awesome. I, 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 Jordan, that better happen now. Now that you said, I think it, it can. I certainly think it can. Uh, yeah, it's in the wrong possibility. I just need this team not to have injuries, and I need people not to strike out as much as they did, and I need Yelich to come back. I, I don't need, I don't need the Yelich of 2019-2018. I need Yelich, you know. Round of four hard OBP, maybe I might be asking for a lot, but you know, OPS assistant Christian Yelich. Yeah, I need an OPS around, um, let's say OPS plus, you know, around like 130, 120. So it's like top, like 20%, you know, above average. We need like an OPS, you know, around like 850, 900. Yeah, I was going to say 900. You know, just not like the thousand OPS years he's putting up, but something, you know, hopefully like borderline all star, right? I I think that's what you expect because. Right now he's eating up a lot of payroll, as we know. He sent that mega oh, extension, yeah. um, and people are scratching their heads. But all the players from the Marlins, we talked about this in last week's episode, episode fifty-four with Zach. They're all gone, Jordan. I mean, all of them are gone. They have a combined negative six WAR for the Marlins, so it goes down as one of the worst trades in Marlins history. But it's not the worst. It's not the worst, and that's a very Marlins thing to say. Anything else here? I was going to round it off talking about these bobbleheads. Now that we know when and where. Let's do it. All right. So the Milwaukee Brewers American Family Field Sunday, May 22nd. It is indeed the much anticipated claws up. Willie Adams bobblehead had to be first 35,000 people. We'll be getting that one. Then let's go to June. The first bobblehead in June, a Brandon Woodruff bobblehead. First 35,000 people will be able to get that one. And then it is 
Corbin Burns bobblehead next, June 26th. And now this doesn't say like Cy Young on it anywhere, I don't think. What? I think it's just a normal Corbin Burns bobblehead. No, no, don't do that to us. I, I've been looking at the picture and it just says Corbin Burns. Hopefully and it's on the box. Him. True, they could do something with the box. But even on the website, it just says Corbin mm. Burns bobblehead. Usually it would say like Corbin Burns. And let, okay, we'll hold that thought for a second because we're going to get to something else. And then we move on. There's a Freddie Peralta bobblehead on July 10th. So that one will get you 35,000 fans as well. It's basically the same thing. Omar Narvaez gets a bobblehead on July 24th. First 35,000 fans will get that one. And then there is a to-be-determined bobblehead. So that to-be-determined bobblehead, I can't find the date they right always, now. They always do something retro. Like, they'll do, like, the 80s. They do the Yount jerseys. You know, I, I'm going to guess something, you know, we'll see retro like that. We did a Bob Uecker talking bobblehead was, you know, around that time last year. September so 11th is when that one is. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see something, you know, to, you know. I thought maybe that could be a Burns MVP one, possibly. Or a Cy Burns. Young one, I mean. Yeah, some possibly. collectors. Um you know, maybe like they'll just do something to get like the old, you know, the nostalgia, yes. you know, we'll get Paul out or still, yeah, a legend. Like I, I'm not, I'd be okay with that as well. Raleigh finger, you know, maybe say oh, something like that, but um, I, I like they to just plan us, on selling a Burns Cy Young one, maybe, and they just yeah. want to make a bunch of money. I don't know. Jordan, what do you think? Maybe a podcast brewer game. Maybe we get, you know, some fans. Oh, maybe. we'll get them all together. We, there, we there do won't it. be, a, there won't be a fan bus though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can fit like seven or eight in a, in a vehicle. So um, there you go. basically a fan bus, but maybe we do a, a podcast outing, get some, you know, get some tailgating going on. A quote That's, unquote fan bus, we'll call it. Yeah, exactly. Just threw that idea out there. But, well, Jordan and I will be at the ballpark this summer, and I know Jordan will be a lot at of other ballparks summer. as well. So what is it? It's called like Wildwood Field, I think, or something in Sheboygan for the Sheboygan A's. Something like that. Wildwood Field. Maybe we, we have some guests of those guys on. So. Wildwood Baseball Park. Yes, indeed. Sheboygan A's. Can't wait. I'm going to actually go on their website as of the time of recording. Opening day countdown. And it's going to take a second to load. But May 21st is the opening day. The Sitco opening day countdown. 59 days away as the A's schedule is out. They're starting to sign more names once again. And overall, it's going to be a fun time over at the ballpark. So hopefully we'll see some people down in Sheboygan. Or if you don't want to do that, support the Manitowoc Bandits as well. We love our local baseball. Three strong years with the Bandits. They three-peat. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to do it again. I think I was the lucky charm, and that's why they were winning all those years. We'll see if they can make it four in a row. I mean, if they've got all their studs like Vorpigal and Dollinger and Mandich, no doubt they will do it again. But anything else Brewers-related to round off the episode? We got it all. Go baseball. Go Brewers. Can't wait. And spring training, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean as much as some people think it does. It's kind of like the NFL preseason where you're seeing starting pitchers hit against guys that are starting hitters hit against pitchers that you might never see again in the majors. But at the end of the day, it's good to get those at bats and get them back in action. So don't forget all our social medias, JD Sports Pod on Twitter, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew on YouTube and Facebook. Other than that, JD Sport or Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. On the Instagram, Drew Skybird, you can find him everywhere and me at JD Sports or, whoa, Jordan Law underscore PXP. I'm confusing them all on the Twitter. But thank you all for listening to another edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.